which you have loved me, may be in them and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Well, today you have me, so I'm going to do my best to get through this. So today I'm going to be talking about the Acts story. So I read the gospel, but we're actually going to be talking about Acts today in following along with our series, really, that we've been doing on Acts And today we talk about Paul and Silas, which is a very familiar story. It's something that we've all probably grown up with and know very well. The kids just had a lesson on it, so they know the story of Paul and Silas. And as I was studying, I I was asking the Lord, you know, what's in here that I haven't seen before? What is is it that you'd like me to share with, with our church today? And today, the, the title of my sermon is called, We're Still Here. And in this story, Paul and Silas, they're going to a place of prayer. And along the way, there's this girl who just keeps following them. And she's, she's saying who they are. She's saying that these are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim the way of salvation. And that is actually what they were doing. But it says that he got annoyed. And it wasn't out of compassion. It was out of annoyance that he basically told the demon to come out of her, and he did. And that is the catalyst for what made them end up in prison. Um, But before I go past that point, um, Jonathan Martin, he actually made, to me, he made a good point, and he said that she was saying something that was true, but it was in an unfaithful way. And it was actually hindering what Paul and Silas were doing. And that is still happening today. There are still ways that the, the true message can be said in an unfaithful way. So I think that's something that was interesting, and I didn't want to skip over that, but that's part of the story, and that's what caused them to end up in prison. We don't know what happened to the girl afterward. There's not really a whole lot that's said about her, and we know that the demon left her, and we know that it caused her master's financial issues because she was no longer fortune-telling and bringing in money for them. So this is what caused them to be upset. But another thing that happened that I thought was interesting was this isn't why they went to the magistrate and had them thrown in prison. It's what happened, but when they went to the magistrate to have them thrown in prison, it was because they said that what they were doing was unlawful, that their customs were different. And it wasn't a a Roman thing they were doing, it was Jewish things that they were doing, which is very odd because they could have, if they wanted to, they could have argued about the loss of property and that would have been sufficient. But I, I think it's interesting that this is what happened because it, to me, it follows the story of what happened to Jesus. Jesus was healing on the Sabbath and they brought him to court and they, they started to his trial because of the things that he was doing that went against their system. These were, these were people that were doing something that was um, going against what the Roman way was, and they didn't like it. And they got the people involved, right? They got the crowd involved. It sounds a lot like Jesus. Crucify him, crucify him, right? So the, the crowd flogged them, too. The crowd beat them, too. So then they go in prison. And we all know what happens next, right? They're worshiping, they're praying, they're praising at midnight. And what happens? Kids, what happened at midnight? Do you remember? What happened? 
an earthquake, right? So the earthquake happens. And then let me ask you this question. If you were in prison and an earthquake happened and all the doors came down and all your shackles came off, what would you probably do? Right? You'd probably run. You'd probably be like, hallelujah, praise the Lord, my prayers worked. God is faithful. I'm out of here. Right? But they didn't. They stayed. And not only did they stay, not only did Paul and Silas stay, but all the prisoners stayed. And then what happened? The jailer, right? The jailer, he thought all was lost. He had failed his job. It was over. Life was over. But it wasn't. And they told him, wait, 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 don't, don't do that. Wait, we're, we, we're still here. We're still here. And that's the title of the message today. And the reason why I want to focus on the we're still here part is because I think that goes against what we have been taught in a lot of ways, in a lot of circles, that when we're going through something that is difficult, when we're in a difficult situation, we pray until we get our breakthrough, right? And then when our breakthrough comes, we praise God and we move on. But what about all the people around us who haven't got their breakthrough yet? What about the people that we need to be witnesses to? Sometimes we do find deliverance and sometimes we don't. But the point is, what are we going to do in those unique opportunities that we have to be a witness for Christ like Paul and Silas were? Before the earthquake even happened, they were praying and they were singing and they must have done something to witness to all those other prisoners, right? They must have had some sort of witness to them because they couldn't have had any effect on the jailer and his family if they hadn't already been a witness to all of the people in the prison around them. So today I want to ask ourselves the question, and I thought I'd have some answers for us. I thought I'd come with some stories and some great examples of, you know, who are, these, who are the people that we need to stay we're still here for? I don't know who those people are in your life. I don't know what your situation is. And, you know, life, it's, it comes and goes, right? There's high points, there's low points, there's hard things. I, I was talking to somebody last week, and she's been going through chronic pain, chronic illness. And she said, you know, I don't, I don't know why God hasn't healed me, but I do know this, that in my job, in the job that I do, it has allowed me to be a witness to somebody that I see on a weekly basis. And I can be a witness that I have faith in if, if God doesn't heal me, that doesn't mean that God's not God. So I think that sometimes maybe we can be a witness in whatever that situation is that we're going through. And then sometimes God does. He does make a way. There is an earthquake moment. But what do we do? Do we celebrate and do we move on and we say, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and we move on? Or are there still other people there that we need to stick around for? I, um, I was talking to JP about this and most of you know we live in Struthers. If you haven't been to Struthers, it's a little town, not too far from here. Houses are all te teeny tiny houses all in a row. They all look the same. You pull up the driveway and you can touch your neighbor's window. And before our neighbor, she, she was moving and she was so excited because I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but she was moving to Boardman. And she was so excited. She's like, I finally got out finally got out of Struthers. It's like, you should try and get out too if you can. And you know, sometimes 
You know, sometimes it's, it's where we're at. And sometimes we need to look at our neighbors and you see them on the stoop in front of their house and you don't know what's going on, what's going through their veins that morning, but you, you know, say, we're still here. We're going to love you and we're going to witness to you because we're still here. And I don't know what that is for you today, but I just want to encourage us all to think about that and think about Paul and Silas and think about how not only, did, not only did they transcend the darkness of that moment when they were praising and singing and worshiping and then the earthquake came, but the fact that they stuck around after the earthquake, there's something to that. And I was, as I was studying Walter Wink, I have a, a quote from him. I'm just going to read it real quick. He, he wrote an article called Freedom in Bonds, and it was, an, it was a Sojourners article. So if you subscribe to Sojourners online, you can find his article. And he said, the earthquake could have become a means of escape. They refuse this apparent miracle. Why do Paul and Silas refuse to leave? Are there times when we must abandon our own needs for the justice on behalf of others? They refused, and this I got from JP, they refused to make God the means of blank, the means of escape, the means of what? And we have to be careful that we don't just use God to be a means of, a means of provision, a means of healing, a means of this for me. And just tying this in before, before I pray and, and head out of the sermon, when we were praising and worshiping, I, just, I had this sense in my spirit that when we come to the table, and after we've all taken communion, there's something that we do with the bread, right? There's pieces left over. And what do we do with them? We eat them. And when we're eating, JP or I, whoever's celebrating, as we're eating what's left over, we're realizing that each piece that's left was meant for somebody who's not here. And that just, in my spirit, I'm not sure how that ties into my message, but I felt like that was something that needed to be said. That we can't just, when the earthquakes in our life happen and the, there's a way, and then we're just like, praise the Lord, see you later. It's about me, it's about my, my this, my that. There's other people out there. There's people maybe in our community that are sick and couldn't be here today for some reason. There's people who haven't even been in church for forever or maybe have never been their whole life. But there's, there are people who that was meant for them and they're not here today. And praise the Lord, I think last, last week we had like two pieces left. I was like, I was like going to cry. I'm like, there's only two pieces left. So I don't, I don't know. That just was in my spirit. I want to share that with you. So as we go through this week, I just want us to resonate on that. And I'm going to read that quote one more time that was in the beginning of our bulletin today. And it was from Richard M. Landers. And he said, wherever the spirit moves, the work of worship and witness by faithful people brings freedom to all who believe. It wasn't just their freedom. It was also the freedom of the jailer and the freedom of his whole family because they all were baptized. And the beautiful part of the story before I close, I don't want to leave this out. At the very end, what do they do? They take him, they take Paul and Silas into his house. They wash his wounds. They wash his wounds. And there's a parallel between the jailer washing their wounds and then what do they do? They get baptized. So there's a washing there's a washing of their wounds. There's a washing of the jailer in a spiritual sense. 
So but before I go, I just, I didn't want to forget that. That was so good. And there's joy. They were full of joy. And that was part of the song with He Touched Me, right? When we sang He Touched Me in the lyrics, right? And oh, the joy that floods my soul when He touched me and He makes us whole. And the theme of wholeness is all through, is all through these, all of, the, all of our texts for today. There's a, there's a theme of wholeness. Let's bow our heads. Lord, help us to see unique opportunities to be a witness of your love. In our own hardships of life, let us keep on singing. When we do find a way out, help us to see those around us who still need saving. We confess that we are often selfish. Help us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you for saving us, for loving us, and for showing us the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Commons podcast. You can find out more about us at our website, thesacredcommons.com. If you feel connected to this ministry in any way, we appreciate your support. We appreciate your partnership. It helps us continue to do this work in the city of Youngstown, where we are happy to be launching a new church plant. Finally, why don't you come and join us for a service? 323 Wick Avenue at the beautiful St. John's Episcopal Church. We meet in the chapel. Come and worship with us. We'd love to see you there. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.